I had been going and seeing live music for as long as I could remember. And one day, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I went to a girls rock day camp and I went in and I actually wanted to be a guitarist. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today I have Carrie and Liz from uh really did I just do that? Uh from Poisoned Rationality. So Carrie and Liz, welcome to the show. Thanks, happy here. to be here. Awesome. So today we're gonna be listening to your song, Cheers to This, from the recently released EP Marianne's at Midnight. So Without further ado, let's listen to the song.
welcome back. So my first and favorite question to always ask is what came first? Was it the lyrics or was it the music? It was the lyrics for this one, right? It's almost always the lyrics for us. I'll hear a word or a phrase or a thought and I think, oh, that makes a good lyric. And then I write a song around it and then I hand it to the band and I say, make this music. This is a unique episode because do you perform with the band? I do not. I have zero musical talent of any kind. I just write the lyrics. That's also a unique thing because I don't know if I've had anybody on the show that isn't in the band, so to speak, but is a writer for the band. Well, you say you usually hear a certain phrase or something that triggers something in your mind to write a song. Like, what was the particular phrase or something that triggered this song? So, for this song, the idea of it is growing up. And I wrote it because she was graduating high school last year. I heard something on TV about, you know, cheers to the graduate. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know, cheers to this. Like, cheers to leaving high school. When you wrote this out, did you really think in terms of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus? Yes. You did? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I have a very structured writing. A lot of times the phrase or the word or whatever ends up in the chorus because I want to say it over and over and that's where the song title came from. But I do have a really structured writing. Like I write the chorus and then I'll go back and I'll fill in the verses that kind of make sense to tell the story around that chorus. Once this was written, was it completely written? Yeah, I hand them basically a fully formed song and I say, here's all the lyrics and you guys make music and (laughs) make this all fit the beat. Then it gets passed on to the band. Liz, how does the band put together the songs? And more specifically, how did they put together this song to make it into what it is now? So we usually start with like a guitar. And so Jeff, our guitarist, will, you know, come up with a riff that kind of fits the words. And then it'll be, you know, Jeff and Josh guitar and bass. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, now that I have, you know, that bottom line i can fill in with the drums and kind of create that beat and she also comes to us and says i want it to sound like this song Uh or i want it to sound like this band and i forget what you said for cheers but she was like i want it to sound like this band Mm. and i said okay and we kind of write something that kind of gives off that kind of vibe of whatever she comes to us and tells us like this is what i hear in my head yeah i'm getting kind of a i don't know i want to say at least musically and maybe not melodically well sort of i'm hearing like ramones a little bit you know that kind of punk sound but i mean because you're more pop punk oriented the melody tends to be a lot more melodic i don't want to say that the ramones are shouty but i mean (laughs) you know what i mean like the tone the tone of the vocals you know, punk tends to be less melodic and then the pop tends to be more melodic. I wanted to ask a little bit about the way that you structured, I guess I want to call it a poem, but you knew it was going to be a song, so it was written in a song. I kind of noticed between all the choruses that there's these, is that there's kind of like a two-sided to each of the verses. The first phrase I want to say is always either the present or looking back, and then the second half is looking forward. Yes. And I'm looking at verse four and it's like, time to dive in, no point in wondering where I've been. So that's kind of this looking back and then the future is now, can't wait to begin. So it's the forward. Was that was that something that you started off with? Like, I'm curious about how, as you develop these words, was there a lot of corrections to this, I guess? Or are you an automatic writer where you just write out? Probably half and half. 
I definitely write some things and I go, oh yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that's the lyric that's going in the song. And then there are other things that I write and I rewrite and I try to, you know, what words rhyme with this word that convey still what I'm trying to say? Because I like songs that rhyme. So when I write them, there's a lot of rhyming words in them. And sometimes that makes it hard to tell the story right. and still make the words fit. So there are multiple cross outs in my notebook. Oh, that doesn't work. We're going to do something else here or rearranging of words of phrasing, which I think probably annoys the band a little bit because I hand them these songs and they've got these words that are like 12 27 letters long. And they're like, how in the world am I supposed to put that to music? And I'm like, but it's what I'm it's what I want to say. You know, it's what tells the story. And it rhymes. And they're like, could you have done something else, though? Well, you know. And we'll be sitting on the couch watching TV, and she'll be going, what about this word? What What if I put this here? What what do you think if I did this? And I'm like, I I don't know. I'm not a songwriter. This is why this is your job. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I just play the drums. I was kind of curious, as this was being developed, Liz, how was your contribution into this song? Like, how how did that form? Really, like how i came into it was after the song was written i mean it was written about me graduating high school and like moving on and like being an actual adult um and like going to college and like doing that thing but really i came in once the lyrics were written and the guitar and bass were written because that's just how i write songs i like to have like a bass to put my drums to and then once i had that i just i really just kind of play whatever feels right and i play it differently like five times like the first like five times we play it it's completely different every time until i like find what bits and pieces of each version that i've played fit best carrie you said that a majority of what poison rationality that the writing process is you bring lyrics and say write a song to it they develop a song. Maybe this is for a different section, but I'm curious. Like, has there been a song that you're just like, okay, no, that's not what. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, there has. there's been a song that we completely cut. Like, we were working, we were about three quarters of the way through it, and we just all went, mm, that's going to go on the shelf, and we're just not going to deal with that. That's <laughs> going to pretend gonna that one never Pretend existed. that would never hear, just erase that one. But I don't think once we've gotten to the point of recording or the point of where they feel like they have a completed song where I've just said, no, this isn't it at all. Jeff, the guitar player Uh is really good about getting the vibe of the song before he starts to try to write a riff for it. So he'll say, you know, what songs, what bands, what are you hearing when you, when you're writing this song? And this song specifically was sort of welcome to the black parade. Like, Mike him with the slower start and the rockier ending and but not quite it was more of a pop version of that if Mike him wasn't so sad (laughs) gotcha I'm wondering there was a decision made why did you want this to be at the end of the EP so it was kind of just with the song titled cheers to this it kind of just feels like a wrap-up It kind of feels like, you know, we came, we saw, we did, we had fun, and now it's done. And that was the the main idea behind it. That was actually one of the record label at Parkland, one of the members' ideas. He was like, hey, what if we end the album with cheers to this? Because originally we were going to end it with everyone's replaceable. 
Mm. But he was like, uh, or you could end it with cheers to this because like it's an ending song. Like it feels like an end of something. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So that's how that happened. One thing that's really kind of I want to say is that one thing about you know the punk style is that there's a I want to say a limited chord selection. So in in this song there there are technically you could say three chords, right? So yes. you've got an E and A and a B. So well, one of the things that punk tends to do is they'll just make it one minute so that they don't have to have the variation. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean so before it becomes to the mind repetitious, but I think what works so well in this is that between your slow beginning that with the guitar arpeggio beginning slow contemplative thoughts and then all of a sudden breaking into it that when there's definite sections to each part and that it varies enough and i'm just kind of curious like liz how did you work on making that be a variation it was very much like on purpose it was kind of like how she said we wanted it to kind of sound like Welcome to the Black Parade, you know, slower beginning and then just hit it and just go once you get past that opener. Like a very purposeful decision to do that. It didn't happen on accident or anything like that. We talked a little bit before the recording began about how Poison Rationality is, for the most part, a live band. And then to go through the process of turning your songs into recordings. You mentioned that there were some changes that you had for this song. Tell me a little bit about some of those decisions to make changes to the recorded version as opposed to the originally live version. One of the big things that you'll notice if you come and see Poisoned Rationality live and we play this song is there's actually a guitar solo in the middle of the song that we cut out of this version of this recording because we just couldn't get the sound right in the studio you know we recorded it they mixed it they sent it to us and we were just like this guitar solo just doesn't sound good we don't really like it you know they messed with it for probably two weeks Mm. trying to get that guitar solo right and eventually jeff the guitar player was just like yeah just just cut the guitar solo The other big thing is some of the pacing in the vocals is different when we do it live. Not necessarily on purpose, not necessarily on accident, just how it kind of plays out sometimes. Do you record with a click track or anything or was that nothing wrong with with a click track? Sometimes that just keeps everybody, it can cut the amount of time that it takes sometimes with recording. So we did. (laughs) But the problem was, so how it was recorded was we went in as one band and recorded basically a live demo to a click track. We didn't stick to the click track in the live demo, which happens. And then, of course, it was on me to then stick to the click track in the drum recording, which wasn't fun, but I made it happen. (laughs) I don't like click tracks. I hate click tracks. But it was recorded with a click track originally, but then once we got the drums laid down, they cut out the click track from the rest of the recordings. I guess my next question is really, how did Perimeter Road become involved, or how how did you... How did that recording process happen? So it all started fall semester of what was this? This This last school year. year. I am a nursing major. 
but I have to take a fine arts elective. And Parkland has a sound recording class. So you learn how to record songs and do all the mixing and all the mastering. And it's basically just like a how-to on how to be a studio musician. And I took the class and on like the first week, Adam Porter, who is the, the teacher of that class, was talking in class about how there's a record label at Parkland. And if students want to get involved, they just sign up on this sheet. I'll send them an email and mm. go to the meetings and you'll be a record label member. Well, I was like, cool, great, awesome. I love music. So I went to the meetings and they said, you know, we're, we're looking for a band to record because they record one band a year. They do all the recording in the fall and all the mixing and mastering in the spring. And I was like, hey, I have a band. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, Okay. We'll put them up for vote. And the great thing about the record label at Parkland is it's a very democratic thing. No one person decides anything. It's all voted on by every member of the label, which is great because then it's not just Adam making all of the decisions for the label. And, you know, we submitted a song. We said we'd like to be considered and everyone on the label really liked it. So they said, okay. Here's your contract. See you in three weeks to record. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize that they do a contract as well. Like, yeah. Okay. Wow. I've been really impressed with the Perimeter Road. Basically, the way that they do things. There's a sense of that all of it is for the sake of learning the ropes, learning how to go from beginning to end of production and working with musicians. And then also, I know that they just did the perimeter roads music festival which was at the beginning of may they use that as an opportunity to let students work with live sound which there's a lot that you can learn working in a studio but i think also being able to do live sound it's it's kind of a completely different beast and a little bit more on the spot you've got what you got you can't play with play around with it afterwards you know can't which, fix it in yes, post. yes <laughs> I really appreciate their program. You recorded at the beginning this fall semester 2022, and then they did the mixing process. Describe a little bit about about that, like how how that went in terms of putting the five songs together. I, I have to just like shout out like all of the record label members because a lot of them spent their own personal time outside of record label time they would come in you know three four hours early for their classes and just sit in the recording studio and mix the album shout out to them for like taking a lot of their own personal time out yeah. of their days instead of just doing it during record label time but it was really cool as someone who has has and had very minimal experience with recording and mixing and all of that stuff obviously i'd taken the class but i'd never actually you know done it it was really interesting to see how it actually works because you know when when you're mixing you start with levels and panning and then you can add all the effects later that's the fun part that you get to do last i had a lot of hand in the levels and panning part of it just because they were like you're a member of the band you know what you want it to sound like so why don't you just come and, and tell us, like, are things loud enough? Do they need to go up or down? It was many, 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 many hours of time. I guess my, like, my second to last question for this section is, I'll start with Carrie. So 
Carrie, what's your favorite part of this song? I think my favorite part is when it goes from the quiet, kind of soulful beginning and changes over to that more of a rock sound because that's the kind of music that I prefer. I don't like slow songs. I don't like sad songs. Every song I write has at least 160 BPM. Oh my we are God. not playing with these slow songs around here. So I really like it when, you know, when it comes in hard and then they really start to, to rock with it instead of it being so slow. <laughs> gotcha. And Liz, same question. I'm going to have to disagree. My favorite part is the slow start. I like the guitar in that part. I think, you know, it sounds really pretty. And like, I, I just really like that. We did have a conversation about whether this song could be the single off of the album. And we elected not to do that because of the slow start. Mm. We felt like if, you know, people have to spend 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever it is listening to that very slow they'd be like i don't know if this is for me and like change the Mm. channel rather than giving it a chance to get into the song so we went with a different song for the single because of the slow start and that was easy street yes it was yep okay carrie why did you pick this song as a song you wanted to talk about today so i picked this song because it is my favorite song on the album i feel like it has the best lyrics some of the other songs the lyrics are a little goofy (laughs) Um, a little so so if you listen to some of them there there's parts that i'm like oh yeah that was kind of dumb but we recorded it so here we are now (laughs) this one i feel like is a little more it's a heavier topic i I mean well it's not really that heavy it's about growing up and that's not really that heavy of a topic but it's universal because like you know predictions about actually going to hell so (laughs) maybe that's a little bit heavier topic but it's a little more real world it's a little more identifiable to people and i didn't really write any like goofy jokey lyrics like i did in a lot of the other songs so for me it it is my favorite song because i think it's probably my best writing i think liz had a different opinion of what her favorite song would be but we are actually getting tattoos of this song uh at the end of july nice nice yeah (laughs) so i I mean liz same kind of same kind of thoughts or i definitely wouldn't say that this is my favorite song but it definitely like holds a little like special place in my heart at the end of the day like when you boil it down it is about me growing up it's not just like a general like whoever like it is written about me so that like makes it like hold a little a little special place <laughs> in my heart <laughs> Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community 
community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Liz, what is your favorite Champaign-Urbana venue? I gotta go with Boomerangs, Bar and Girl in Urbana. They've been really good to my band. They have us every fourth Friday of the month, like, as a standing thing, which is amazing. So, yeah, they've been nothing but great to me and my band and anyone who goes there. So, definitely check them out. So, and also, not just as a performer, do you have a favorite venue locally that you like to see people in or is it also the same yeah it's pretty much the same boomerangs is a local bar kind of east urbana um i've been in there a few times and i just haven't made it all the way over someone mentioned you know not only are they good for music but they also have some pretty decent food uh yeah fish friday yeah it's pretty good i don't i don't personally eat fish so like i cannot talk about how good the fish is because i've never actually had it because i don't I don't like fish, but the fries are banging. Let me tell you what. The fries are 10 out of 10 at that place. The fish is really good there. And during the pandemic, when they were mostly closed, they would open for Friday lunch, fish Fridays, so that people could get their fish fix for takeout. (laughs) And we did. We live all the way across town, and we would drive all the Mm. way out to East Urbana to get fish, like, (laughs) three times a month on Fridays. So, Carrie, I'm wondering if it's going to be the same answer, but do you have a favorite Champaign-Urbana venue? I really do like Boomerangs because, like she said, they have been very good to their band. Booked them early, booked them often. He really helped them kind of get out there when they were first starting because it's kind of hard to break into some of these venues. Right. They have, you know, six months, eight months out before they can book and... Yeah, I don't, I'm not that together. (laughs) So, and especially now I'm working on a six week rotating schedule overnight. So like, there's no chance. Tom was great with helping them get in and then booking them as a regular thing. So we really, you know, shout out to Boomerangs. We love them. I really do like seeing bands there. He books a wide variety because he is a musician. He does a really good job of taking care of the musicians. So people really want to play there. It's a small bar. It's a small venue, which is actually really perfect for them because they're still fairly new. They have been together as a band Two. two years for about three quarters of the band and mm. then the lead singer alex has only been in about nine months so they really are just yeah. brand new in the scene so that's why i love boomerangs yeah. <laughs> just for clarification those that are listening when you say tom that's tom grassman yes he has his own tom grassman band and yeah. he's a very skilled guitarist yes, yes. <laughs> I don't think there's like been a band in town that he hasn't played in at one yeah. point, at some or point another. Yeah. He's the guitar version of most drummers here in Champaign, Urbana. Yeah. Like yeah. anyone who is having kids now, raise them all up to be drummers or bassists. But don't. everybody's always looking for <laughs> don't well, <laughs> as a drummer, don't. Those bassists are a unicorn. They are hard to find. They really are. Thankfully. Everybody wants to be a guitarist mm-hmm. or a singer. Thankfully, um, my guitar player came with a bass player. He did. Nice. Uh, yeah, the world's okayest uh, <laughs> yes. bass player and yeah. okayest guitarist. Yes. From what I understand, if if I remember, I think that was at uh, one of the records. It wasn't Record Store Day at Exile. It was something else. They had. It was 
like an off it was it it may it have may been have record been. store day was that the one where they wore the opposite shirts so the bass player wore oh. the world's okayest guitar player and the guitar yeah. player was the okayest bassist yep. yep yeah that was record store day like a weird Sometimes it was like an off time though i thought because the pandemic had it um, was the summer like june outdoor right. indoor outdoor record store yes. day that they put together last year that's what threw me off it was june yeah because i remember it was like ugh, it was for a june day it was like oh, why is it so hot yeah um, so hot Oh, yeah. I, I'm just going to ask this anyway. So who designed the, I don't want to say logo. It stands out and looks really, really professional. So I just was So there's curious. actually a super great story about this logo. This, this, this is, is a great story. Liz had come up with the idea that she wanted kind of a dead or dying rose to be, and it's poisoned, right? And I went to a friend of mine who was a very good artist, and I said to him, we've tried to sort of put some stuff together with clip art and it's really not coming out how we want. Can you draw this for us? And he said, yeah, let me fiddle around and draw you something. So he brings me this uncolored like line work drawing Mm. on like some parchment paper. And I said, that's it. That's the logo. This is what we're going with. And Liz looked at it and she said, oh, yeah. And we've talked, you know, it's not dead. It's not dying. It's bright red. (laughs) It doesn't look like it's poisoned at all. But as soon as he gave it to us, we were both like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the logo. We're done here. You know, I scanned it into the computer and colorized it so we could have the color. That was such um, a process. Which was such a process because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm just clicking buttons and hoping things happen. Uh (laughs) I'm not a graphic designer. But I colorized it. And then I created it with the outline so that we could use it for stickers and logos and things like that. She actually has the original artwork framed and hanging in her room. But yeah, it was just a friend of mine, Antonio, who I said, hey, can you draw a rose with like some banner kind of things? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's like, yeah, give me 15 minutes. Yeah, he did it while he was at work one day. He was bored on the on the phones at work and just kind of doodled it out. Uh And we're like, oh, well, there it is. (laughs) Carrie. What do you think makes a good music scene or a music community? I think what makes a good scene is a lot of variety, having a lot of bands. We have a lot of, and Champagne does this really well, I think. There are a lot of bands. I can go and see three, four, five, six bands a weekend and not even come close to hitting them all. And that doesn't even include some of the surrounding towns that have their their little bands and bars and things. Just in Champagne, I can go and see all the bands I want to see. I think the thing that they don't have a lot of is the variety. It's a lot of... Cover bands are are mostly country or classic rock. And that's what you see a lot of. There's nobody covering any metal. Not really. I mean, what is it? Air Cobra? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, they're great. They're really good. But they don't play that often. They're they're kind of hard to catch. Right. So you, you find a lot of... Just that old, that the kind of the same old, same old in a lot of the cover bands. There is a lot of original music that I really like. There's a really robust DIY scene. I know the pandemic kind of did damage to that scene. I know there's not nearly as many house shows and things that are happening like what they used to. And that's disappointing. But that was always a transient community. I think it was always really focused. U of I students were the ones that were kind of keeping that alive. So I'm hoping in the next, you know, couple of years as people kind of filter it and out, that'll pick back up. So there's a ton of original music, which is fantastic. There's a lot of cover bands you can go see 
if you like, you know, the classic rock and the country vibe. And I don't see that there's a lot of competition. There's not there's not infighting and, you know, drama and grief between, you know, nobody has a beef with anybody else in the music scene locally. Everybody's supportive and helpful and everybody's out here cheering for everybody else. So that's what I think makes a good music scene is not having that like drama. Yeah. Well, and and for the most part, you get a sense that everybody just wants everybody to do well. It's not right. like I not that I need my piece of the pie. I just <laughs> I want everybody to have pie is is kind of the yes. viewpoint that I get. So, Liz, what do you think makes a good music scene or a music community? I definitely agree with what she had to say the only thing that i would really add is like i wish that people from other bands would like go see other bands when they're not playing i think most of them are gigging so frequently though that they if you've got a weekend day off you're not gonna go see another band because you're you know trying to catch up on laundry (laughs) or whatever real life stuff is happening and but yeah that would be my only thing is Mm. it just like i wish that there were some people that would come to gigs of other bands and not that there's beef or there's drama or they don't want to it's just something that that they're also gigging so much they don't have time at that point yeah i I can see that but i definitely fall into that same trap though you know i've got a day job i'm busy i'm tired i get home if it's not this band i'm like oh I don't want to leave the house again, so I'm not doing that tonight. So I definitely don't go out as much as I feel like I should. And I think everybody's sort of in that survival mode kind of boat right now. Mm. Yeah. We can talk about this or we don't have to talk about this, but what's I think is crazy is like when this pod first started, I think I was about two or three episodes in and then started doing bonus episodes which were ones that weren't necessarily like talking about a song and you know being one-on-one i mean i still do the one-on-one for some of the bonus but it's more of like the scene overall or something that happens in the scene and bonus episode two was talking to the organizers of the first girls rock Mm, and i talked with all, all the people that had organized it and had worked on the camp and also in turn went to the cowboy monkey show oh god and so i oh no (laughs) no 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 it was great i thought it was great because like everybody was excited to be there and the audience members were excited to be there and i i don't know i think it was it was great but i was i ended up you know taking a picture and then i was like oh my gosh that's that's liz yeah (laughs) when i had the the really short blue hair Mm -hmm. yep yep yeah um (laughs) that's me but uh, so were you already interested in music or did was this like i mean did you did you know you wanted to be in drums or or were you interested in some other instrument i'm just curious about what was that your first music exposure this is also a fun story yeah okay i had been going to like festival shows like sweet corn festival kind of stuff with her since i could walk yeah we've always drug her to music shows with us you know come on let's go we're gonna go see smash mouth at the sweet corn festival or gin blossoms at taste of cu you know if the lead singer doesn't pass out yeah right. we'll that see part of smash mouth <laughs> so I had been going and seeing live music for as long as I could remember. And one day, I I don't remember exactly how 
it happened but i went to a girls rock day camp and i went in and i actually wanted to be a guitarist (laughs) (laughs) when i went in i wanted absolutely nothing to do with the drums nothing to do with bass i wanted to be a guitar player and i went in and i sucked at guitar so i was like okay great so they're like okay like we're gonna go down and like play the drums and i went and i did it and i was like oh this is really fun (laughs) so i get in the car after doing that day camp and i was like i want to be a drummer and she was like okay well i know a guy so i started taking lessons with josh quirk oh yeah i've been taking lessons with him for what six Six years years. at this point a year passed i played drums got my own drum kit great times like two weeks passed before you got your own drum kit yeah grandma is the financier of the drums and she said well if she's gonna play drums she needs a drum kit and then one showed up in my house (laughs) (laughs) it was a great drum kit it served me well i have since upgraded you know a year passed i've been playing drums for a year and so the first ever girls rock uh, week-long camp came out and i was like oh heck yeah that's kind of how i got started in drums and in music and then from girls rock i went to first gig and the rest is kind of history champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support exile on main street exile on main street Located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Carrie, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things? I am a crafter. I will clarify I am not an artist. I don't do anything (laughs) that requires any real talent. But I like to make things. I have a craft room in our house that has a variety of crafts that I've started and not really perfected you know jack of all trades master of none that's correct (laughs) some of that you know adhd exciting new projects but never follow through that that would be me right now i'm into i have a cricket so i do the vinyl the iron-on vinyls we go to a lot of concerts and i make all of our shirts including the ones that we are both yeah wearing i think today. we're both actually yeah, wearing, both wearing homemade shirts um concert shirts today i do resin like pouring casting resin things okay. like that i also knit i sew i crochet i'm learning how to macrame right now <laughs> a variety of <laughs> fidgety craft projects is, it's just is like go down the line of rhymes right <laughs> right <laughs> crochet macrame and then i like to travel i like to oh you know sorry i was gonna say you should say like trebuchet Trebuchet. Trebuchet. Yes. 
yeah. yes <laughs> macrame crochet trebuchet <laughs> i mean i do I like do. launching pumpkins out of a trebuchet we do yeah. every fall have a pumpkin launching party uh, with my in-laws and it is a trebuchet style pumpkin launcher I... <laughs> it's fantastic that's great i love it i love that we... <laughs> i just i heard that that rhyme then yeah yeah anyway, it's, but... it's a good time at our, our pumpkin party that we have every year <laughs> yeah so that's the kind of stuff that i like to do besides travel I learned very recently on our last vacation that I really like to snorkel. <laughs> I had never done it before. Okay. We went to Mexico last fall, and one of the things that we did, we were swimming with the sea turtles, and we were going snorkeling. And I said, Ooh, I don't know, I'm a little uncomfortable, but it'll be all right. I put my face in the water, and I said, this is what I want to do the rest of the trip. We can cancel yeah. every other activity if it doesn't involve a snorkel. So our next vacation is water-based, and I have listed snorkeling as one of the itinerary items. I don't know when, I don't know how, but okay. we'll be in Florida, and I will have my face in the water with a snorkel on it. Nice. <laughs> I think that the saddest day in Mexico was there was actually a hurricane oh, that hit, yes. like, Belize, Yep. Like, which is, like, 300 miles, like, south of us. Yes. And I think her, her saddest part on the whole vacation was the fact that it was a black flag on the beach every day so oh, she couldn't snorkel right. they would let me the, borrow the, the snorkel hotel. gear at the resort and go in the water because we were yeah. in a black flag warning that was her saddest day it was. yeah so that is a recently discovered <laughs> hobby that i did not think that i would like and apparently it's my favorite thing now living in landlocked yeah. illinois yeah. she likes snorkeling there's no snorkeling around here <laughs> there is it, it would just look weird <laughs> no sometimes you, you just go out with a snorkel and you go out into the and just the walk through the corn <laughs> It's a little bit more awkward when, when you go out into the soybean fields, but you know, you can figure it out. <laughs> um, so, Liz, what is your favorite non-musical thing? I do a lot of reading. I'm very much a fan of, like, fiction, like, fantasy novels. Those are, like, my favorites. When I'm not, like, doing music, going to concerts, you can find me either reading or traveling with her, because she's my travel buddy. We go traveling together. So... Nice. What's the most recent book that you read or your favorite um, book? The most recent book I've read is called Kingdom of the Wicked. Huh. It's about a girl who lives in like 1980s Italy and she's a witch. Huh. And she accidentally summons like a man from hell and he's like the devil's brother. And he's like, you should marry my brother to let him out of hell. And she was like, mm, I don't know about that one. And then, like, all the other, like, witch family's daughters start, like, dying because mm. they had agreed to marry the devil. But then one of his other brothers was actually going around and killing all of the witches who agreed to marry him because it would, like, break a curse and let him leave hell. And, like, he didn't want that. So, yeah, at the end of the book. I went ahead and cut out that spoiler. So, read the book. And it's a three-book series. And I'm two chapters into the next book. And I'm hooked <laughs> is that your favorite series or i wouldn't say it's my favorite series but it's like the most recent my favorite series that i've ever read is a difficult question because i've read mm. a lot of series that are all very good what was um, that it was the different times of day oh shadow falls yeah that was also a really good one once again about a teenager who has like supernatural ghost brain powers and she like goes to a camp where there's like shapeshifters and werewolves and vampires and it's like very mm. fantasy and very cool 
and also a very good series. <laughs> Carrie, Liz, thank you for being on the show and telling me all about your song, Cheers to This, off of your recently released EP, Marianne's at Midnight, and talking about the scene and your favorite non-musical things. So I appreciate you coming all the way out here and chatting with me. Yeah, it was Yes, great. thanks for having us. This was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Carrie and Liz of Poison Rationality reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) South Beaker on the inside.